0: What if you could make a million dollars? What if you could lose a million dollars? What if you could make a million dollars and lose a million dollars and then make a million dollars again and again and again? Is there a secret? Is there something that some people know about money that others don't? Let's unpack that a little bit. What's up, it's Robert Kennedy III, RK3, that's me. Welcome back to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we talk about how people got from there to here, how they got through some situations, how they navigated pivotal moments in their lives to the place of success that they now are. And the goal and the hope is that it inspires you to move forward into your place of success as well. So as we do every week, we've got fantastic guests. And before we jump in, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you want to be notified when we go live, if you want to be a part of our community, make sure that you text us, text me, and I will respond, I promise you, 410 936 4049 Bam, right there. 410-936-4049. We're going to make sure that we let you know what's happening. As a matter of fact, there are secrets. Ooh, don't tell anybody. Yes, actually tell people, right? <laughs> there are secrets, there are special offers, things that are going to help you grow in your storytelling and in your small business. Let's get it together, all right? We had last month a story to stage summit and we had some phenomenal speakers. We had Delator McNeil, we had Lois Kramer, we had Kirk Nugent, we had Diana Gladney, we had some phenomenal people. And if you want to get the scoop, if you wanna know how to create and attract your ideal audience, how to generate more income and how to grow your visibility, make sure that you access the story to stage replays right below me, that's where it is, Storyskills.club forward slash summit get that in your life, because I know that it's going to make a huge difference for you. Hey, y'all, listen, I don't, my goodness, I, I, want, I, don't, I don't want to go into this big time, but Will Smith and Chris Rock, y'all. <laughs> That's what's happening in the world. And I, I, I may ask that question a little bit. I may ask that question of my guest today, because my guest today is big, in the, the world of TV and and knows a lot about that and media. We're gonna talk about how to navigate that world a bit. Before we do that, before we, I just wanna remind you that if you are watching the show today, I hope you're not driving. I hope you're not driving, right? Because there's an audio version that we release every Thursday at 7 a.m. The audio version of the What's My Story podcast is released and you can go to whatsmystorypodcast.live and grab that information. So let's jump over to our guest for today. My guest today is Clint Arthur, and he's the number one best-selling author of Break Through Your Upper Limits on TV. He's a record-shattering speaker. Record-shattering speaker. He's a celebrity entrepreneur and personal branding expert and, ooh, the Pulitzer Prize-nominated author of Wisdom of the Men. We're gonna talk about that today. Let's jump in with Clint clint arthur ooh, look at that oh (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah i said
1: i said chris what's the most important thing you ever learned he said be good yeah wow yeah he knows something about being bad now i don't know what happened i don't know what happened but this guy knows how to be bad (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, oh so you you haven't heard what happened yet or you're just like, "Oh,
1: I know what okay. happened," but I okay. don't know what happened. You know, oh, okay. we don't know what happened, right? right? We just saw we just saw what they showed us on TV and then we right. showed the outtakes of what they showed us on TV. We yeah. don't know anything. What do we know? Like I say all the time, I don't know anything except what I know.
0: Yeah. Well, what we do know is that most of us woke up this morning and our entire social media feed ooh, was just Chris Rock and Will Smith and everybody's pontifications of what they think happened. Is it real? Is it not? Is it a stunt? Is it scripted? You know, et cetera, et cetera. These guys are actors. One's a comedian. He should have known better. Somebody should have done this. He was defending. She wasn't. All of these different things. So, man, I, let, let me ask you this first. Um, scripted or not, uh, What is what was the impact, you think, of... Um, just all of the, all of the, all of the attention that they received this morning. What, what, what's going to happen next? If you could predict the future a little bit, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want that. If I, you know, I don't think it was scripted. I, I,
1: if I was Will Smith, I wouldn't want to have that when, I, when I'm winning an Oscar on the night that I'm going to win an Oscar. I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I think it's it's not a great thing. Look, I don't really know what happened because I wasn't there. And see, when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, I studied with a writer named Frank McCourt. He wrote a little book called Angela's Ashes. This book won the Pulitzer Prize in 1997. And this was his memoir about his impoverished childhood in Ireland. And when I was studying creative writing with Frank McCourt in high school, before he became anybody, he said, you have to write what you know, and what do you know except for your own life? (laughs) see, and I, I don't know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about what happened there, because I wasn't there. Yeah. I only know what happened in my life, right? Wow. So that's why I wrote this book, Wisdom of the Men with all of these people in it. Now, I showed you the picture of Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock is not one of these names. Chris Rock didn't make it into my book. I didn't feel like it was of uh, enough of an impact on my life to put him in the book. Wow. I don't know. Maybe I should maybe I shouldn't have. But I only put the most impactful stories in the book. Yeah. I only put the stories that really meant something to me and that I knew really what was going on in the yeah. stories. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened or what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about your life for a little bit. So you're at this place and you're a big believer in media, helping people to get on TV and the impact that it can have on their life and on their business. So, but you weren't always here. What was the, the moment? What was the, the, the thing or the experience in your life that really allowed you to realize, hey, um, media is a good thing. Let me let me navigate or let me help people be the Sherpa for people to to, to get into this space.
1: I quit writing twice in my life. OK, mm-hmm. I chased the Hollywood dream for 13 years It put me behind the wheel of yellow cab number six zero eight seven. Yeah. For more than six years, I drove a taxi and I was terrified that I was never going to escape from that ditch that I had dug for my life. And I managed to get out of it selling gourmet food, which took me all the way through the 2000s. And it came to be October of 2008. And I was at a men's self-help campfire. And what does that look like? That looks like 18 naked guys dancing around a campfire. And I'm one of them. And I'm looking up at the sky at all the stars. And I see some guy jump over the campfire. And I notice he was very hairy. And then on the other side of the yellow and orange crackling flames was the shaman. Yeah. You don't know it yet, but you're already dead. What are you talking about, man? Eight years ago, I was driving a cab. Now I'm a millionaire. I was living on a little boat. Now I live in a mansion. You're already dead. You just don't know it. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I couldn't get that out of my mind. I'd wake up out of a sound sleep for months. I'm already dead. What does he mean? And then it came to be New Year's Day of 2009. And I sat down with a pad and a pen to write my list of goals for the years I've become accustomed to doing when I became successful as a businessman instead of trying to be a writer. And I asked myself a question inspired by The Shaman. I said, hey, I don't know what he means, but what if I am already dead? Or what if this is gonna be the last year of my life? What would I want to accomplish? And I was really surprised when the first thing I wrote down was, I need to write my book about what I learned at the Wharton Business School that helped me to become successful once I stopped chasing the dream. So, I wrote that book and self-published it on Amazon. And the first year that it was out, man, all eight of those sales rolled in. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I sought out a mentor. And lucky for me, I got connected with a man named Jack Canfield who published a little book called Chicken Soup for the Saw. I said, Jack, how do you sell a half a billion books? He says, you got to become somebody. People don't buy books from nobodies. You gotta be famous, you gotta go on TV, radio, pod. There was no podcasting back then, but you gotta go in the media and that's what I embraced. And I started paying a publicist a lot of money for my first four shows that she booked me on little stations in Salt Lake City and uh, Sacramento, California. I paid $6,000 for my first four appearances and my wife goes, why do you keep paying that lady? Why don't you book yourself on TV? And I'm a very determined person. Like I said, I quit writing twice and came back. And today I'm nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. It gives you an idea of how determined I could be. It took me nine and a half weeks to figure out how to book myself on my first appearance that I booked myself. And that was like catching a fish. Since then, I've booked myself on 111 TV appearances. I've been on every show in the world, including... Uh, the Today Show, Fox Business Channel, CNN, HLN, BBC, Sky News. I've been on everything, and my students who I've taught to book themselves on shows have booked more than 5,589 appearances that I'm aware of so far. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it really changes you, not just as a as an author or a speaker, it changes you as a person to, to do media and especially to book yourself, to have the power, to, be, to have that magical power. I call my students the magic messengers. When you know how to book yourself on TV, you have magical powers.
0: Yeah, so let me ask you, what, what is, I, for me, I know that in conversations that I've had with people, one of the biggest challenges for people, they think they don't have anything important enough to share. Let me ask you, As you go through all of these students and all of these these coaching sessions and everything that you do, what has been the number one challenge or the number one barrier, blocker that people have shared with you?
1: That's a great question, and I call that, who am I? Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of people call it imposter syndrome. It's not quite that. It's not not that you're an imposter. It's just that you don't have enough self-esteem to believe that what you're doing is worthy. Wow. And- the truth of the matter is is that the people who are on TV are the people who want to be on TV the most and who know how to get on TV. That's it. It has nothing to do with your message. It has nothing to do with your book or the quality of your coaching or services or skills as an author or speaker or coach, advisor, consultant, expert of any kind. That has nothing to do with it. The only thing that has to do with it is... Do you know how to get on TV? And are you willing to play that game? That's it. Right, wow,
0: wow. So I wanna ask you a question and we're gonna take a break, but I wanna ask you this before, before we go. So with regard to being on TV, you met Jack Canfield and Jack Canfield said, hey, you, you, you've gotta be known. When you get known, is there how does your life shift? Or change. Now, I want you to hold that answer because I know there's some layers to this, and I really want to dig into this a little bit. So when you get known and you get on TV, how does your life shift and change? We'll hear that answer when we come back. Hey, do you need time to focus on the income-generating activities that grow your business? If so, My Office Professionals is the only agency you should consider. As an optimum business support agency, we provide virtual administrative support, Online group coaching, technology training, graphic design, and web design services through our vendor partnerships. We also help you build relationships using send out cards, and we offer smart, simple legal coverage through Legal Shield. Contact My Office Professionals today and start growing your business tomorrow. Visit www.myofficeprofessionals.com. I don't know about you, but I only have two hands and you need some more hands in order to get more stuff done, right? So check out Teresa Robertson and her team at myofficeprofessionals.com my office and they'll make sure that you get your stuff done right. Let's jump back into the story with Clint Arthur. So Clint, so you get on TV, you get known a little bit and your life Shifts. What are, what are some of the things that begin to happen? Because a lot of people have this thought, right? I want to be on TV. But then there's some stuff after that happens that they may or not be prepared for.
1: <laughs> there's stuff after. The funny thing is that do you know who Tony Robbins? Oh yeah. Of course, right? Everybody knows who Tony Robbins is, right? hmm Okay, well. Hey, anybody here know who Tony Robbins is? Do you? No, do you know who he is? Do you know who Tony Robbins is? No? How about you? You know who he is? Nobody. Did you hear that? Yeah. Nobody Nobody knows who Tony Robbins You know who Tony Robbins is mm-hmm. because you're an author, a speaker, a coach. Yeah. Anybody like you or me, we all know who Tony Robbins is. When I got a message from Tony's team, it says, hey, if you donate $25,000 to Tony's favorite charity, you could be the host of his 60th birthday party. It took me exactly 60 seconds to donate that money. And this was a picture of me and Tony at that party where there were 5,000 people donated over $17 million to Tony's favorite charity that night. Wow. And I said, Tony, what's the most important thing you ever learned? He said, life is happening for us. Right. Now, here's the point. The point is, is that when you go on TV, most, most often nothing is gonna happen. Mm. TV is a tool. TV is a form of marketing. And what I have written, another book I wrote is called Celebrity Entrepreneurship, okay? And this book is all about how how do you become more like Tony Robbins? Mm-hmm. If you or I could have Tony Robbins' life and career, we would take that in a second. He's the ultimate celebrity entrepreneur to his customers and prospects, right. he's God. And they're happy to pay $25,000 to his favorite charity at a moment's notice But to the rest of the world, Tony Robbins is nobody. And I have nothing but love and admiration for the man because he's the ultimate epitome of what a celebrity entrepreneur is. Mm -hmm. And that's really what TV is all about. We use TV to position ourselves as celebrities in the eyes of customers and prospects and the rest of the world has no idea who we are.
0: Wow, so positioning yourself as a celebrity, though, is a little bit different than the money that's behind that, <laughs> right? because I know people. I, I I grew up in New York City, and I know people who were rappers. I know people who were um, on the news and on TV. And from an income standpoint, they couldn't de- donate twenty five thousand dollars to Tony's favorite charity. So, how does someone leverage media in order to really increase their income and resource?
1: Great, and that's a question that more people should be interested in Mm -hmm. because people think when you go on Good Morning America or the Today Show, which I have done, that you're automatically going to have a huge new audience influx into your world and it's just not true. What you need to do is you need to repurpose the media that you have. That's why I not only will appear on your show, but I will redeploy the asset that is this podcast Right. Into all of my marketing. And that's the key to being successful with any media. And I'm hardly ever asked that question. And nobody really knows that that's what you're supposed to do. But you are supposed to redeploy all marketing, all marketing.
0: Right. So when you say redeploy, does that mean, okay, yep. Let me, let me chop out 10 seconds here and then put it on my Instagram profile. Let me put another 10 seconds on my Twitter profile, because we have a lot of stuff like that. There's so many different platforms today. Yeah. What what, what do I do with that?
1: That's, that's one way you could do it, but the easier way is just to keep posting and sharing the same media over and over and over like a year from now. When this pops up in one of my Facebook memories, I'm going to reshare it and I'm not going to say, here's a podcast I did a year ago. I'm just going to reshare it because most people, when they see it a year from now or five years from now, they're going to think it's me that day. They don't know. And really, it doesn't matter because my message is pretty timeless. My message is the same. My message is about telling the stories that you know, that are your stories, because that's really the only differentiating thing you have. And it's about becoming somebody, somebody that people are excited to pay lots of money to. And that's what I call celebrity entrepreneurship.
0: Love it, love it. So let's talk about this, this book, The Wisdom of the Men a little bit. Before we dive into the book, I wanna ask you, was your goal to be Pul- Pulitzer Prize nominated? Was that something that was on your, on your vision board that you said, I wanna do this, that's why I'm writing the book?
1: Well, remember when I said I sat down on New Year's Day of 2009 to write my list of what I wanted yeah. to accomplish. I do that every year. That's yeah. one of the tools that I do at on. I, I did it this year, like in October mm-hmm. to get ready for the new year. Well, in when we hit the new decade, I made a list of things I wanted to accomplish in the yeah. decade. And one of them was I wanted to win the Pulitzer Prize. Wow. And I had no idea that it would be for this book. I didn't know it was going to be for Wisdom of the Men. I didn't know that it would be happening so quickly. I just knew that, hey, my creative writing teacher from high school won the Pulitzer Prize. That was something that I aspired to accomplish as well. And here we are. It happened much faster that I got this nomination than I ever dreamed possible. And that's the power of writing down goals.
0: Love it love it so i see all these names on the front of the book what's what's the focus of the book what is what is the core uh thought that you really want to impart to us
1: this book is all about the unicorns of the world the most coolest successful famous men and some women that i have met in my life personally and what did i learn from them many 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 of them most of them i asked What's the most important thing you ever learned? And I get the answer from them, including from five different presidents. The first one I asked that question to was George H.W. Bush. I met him when I was visiting one of my clients at the Wynn Resort in one of the kitchens there. He was a chef. And I was just having a conversation. And all of a sudden, here comes two Secret Service agents and George Bush walking through the kitchen. And I happened to have a little camera in my pocket because of Jack Canfield's partner, Mark Victor Hansen, had told me, you should always carry a little Instamatic camera in your pocket in case you meet someone famous because you'll want to get a picture with them. And I run out into the dining room after George Bush and I go up to the Secret Service agent and I say – Can I get a picture with the president? He said, sure. I hand him the camera and I go up to George Bush. I said, Sir, I voted for you. He said, Well, thank you. Now, that was a lie. I didn't really vote for him. I voted for Ronald Reagan in 1980. So maybe I did vote for That kind of (laughs) counts, I guess. But I didn't actually vote for him for president. In any case, we take the picture, and I said, sir, what's the most important thing you ever learned? And he said, well, as a young man, that's a very big question, but I suppose it would have to be that you must keep doing the things you love in this life. And in the photo of me and George Bush, there's a there. he's wearing a necktie. And in the necktie, there's little parachute jumpers.
0: Mm, okay. okay.
1: And George Bush was very famous for... Jumping out of airplanes. He was a famous parachute jumper. He did it on his 80th birthday. And that's the guy walking his talk. I mean, he loved to jump out of airplanes and he kept doing it even until he was 80 years old. And, you know, some people say, oh, I don't agree with the politics of George Bush or Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or Joe Biden, who all of whom are the five presidents that I have personally met in my life and I have photos with every one of them in this book. But this is not about politics. This is about successful people who've accomplished a lot. And what's the wisdom they shared with a young man who was interested in bettering himself. That's it, that's what this book is all about.
0: Yeah, so what do you say to people? How do you respond to people that say, well, yeah, Clint, you just happened to be in the right place at the right time. You happened to be in a certain place where you were able to meet Jack Canfield. You were able to meet these people. You were just in the right orbit. I don't have that luck in my life um what how do you respond to those people
1: you make your own luck you really do you know i was in the right place at the right time because i was doing a sales call at 11 a.m on a sunday morning Mm. and that's what put me in that kitchen and made me happen to meet george hw bush if i wasn't working that hard I wouldn't have made it. And people are like, well, what does that sales call have to do with meeting the president? Well, that set me up for a lot of things. I met John Travolta because he was vacationing at the same hotel as me in Hawaii. And the only reason I was there was because I worked hard enough to be able to vacation four summers in a row for the first year was 30 days. The second year was 40 days. The third year was 50 days. The last year was 60 days at this five-star hotel on the beach in Hawaii and John Travolta happened to be there. You don't get unless you work hard. And this is a question, you know, I asked one of a lot of people, I asked Martha Stewart. She was a speaker at my conference at Carnegie hall. And I said, Martha, do rich people work hard? She said, Every self-made rich person that I've ever met has been an extremely hard worker. Yes. Right. And I you know, I ask a lot of people. I asked Ice T. I said, "Ice, do rich people work hard?" He said, "Man, you'll be on the yacht party, getting your drink on on top of the boat, and the guy who owns the boat, he'll be downstairs making business calls." See, rich people work really hard and that's called making your own luck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when we get this book, the wisdom of the men, what should I be looking out for? What's, what is a key point? Something amazing. I mean, an amazing takeaway that you would hope that that I would grab as, as I read this book. Show up. Yeah.
1: One of the big lessons I learned was when I met Joe Biden, see I was in a fraternity in college, and I found out about this big party that was being thrown at the Four Seasons restaurant on Park Avenue by one of the richest fraternity brothers. And my dad, I'm talking to him on the phone, he says, are you going to the party? I said, dad, I can't go to the party, I'm a taxi driver. All my fraternity brothers are millionaires, and some of them are even billionaires. He goes, I'll pay for your airplane ticket, I'll pay for your hotel, you gotta go. I'm like, I can't go, dad, I'm a taxi driver. 10 years later, I had been on the Today Show. I had become a best-selling author, and I felt secure enough in myself to be able to show up for that party. When I show up, there's Secret Service agents wanding everybody and patting everybody down, and Joe Biden was the guest speaker at the fraternity party. Why? His son, Beau Biden, the one who died of brain cancer, was one of our fraternity brothers. And he was a few years younger than me. And joe was gonna raise money for his Bo biden foundation after it's over i go up i get my selfie photo with joe biden and i'm the only person who got that photo from that event and that was all about being able to show up and i understand how hard it is to show up like i said i couldn't show up the first time that party happened when people don't show up it's because they don't feel good about themselves wow. and Everything I do is about reverse engineering. I went to Stuyvesant High School. It's a math science high school in New York City. I learned about science and math and everything I do is about figuring out, well, if if this is how you do it, if I do that, then that'll get me closer to doing it. So my point is, if you can't show up because you don't feel good about yourself. Woody Allen says 80 percent of success in life is about showing up show up and you'll be more successful regardless of how you feel in your life just show up and especially in today's day and age where so many people have gained so much weight or don't feel good about their station in this world because of the events that are happening it's more important than ever to show up
0: awesome awesome clint if i'm looking for personal branding help uh, media help where do i find you where do you hang out online man
1: clint com, Clint with three Ts, C-L-I-N-T-T-T. Why three T's, Clint? Well, I work with a lot of authors, speakers, coaches, experts. One of my expert clients is a name scientist. And she said to me, Clint, I wish you would add another T to the end of your name because the T's always end up on top. And I couldn't get Clint with two Ts.com, but I did get Clint with three Ts.com. And that's where you can find me.
0: I love it. I love it. Clint, man, it's been so fantastic to hang out with you today. We're going to hang out in the green room for just a moment after this. But if you have not gotten Clint's information, go to clintwith3ts.com. And again, he's here on the show and he's got his book, The Wisdom of the Men, coming out. So if you go to www.is.gd forward slash Wisdom of the Men, you can grab that as well. Or you can just check it out on Amazon at... On, on Amazon yes so make sure you go grab that book the wisdom of the men it's been fantastic having Clint on the show today if you didn't get anything else from today's show or today's episode the two words that we want you to get are show up show up show up because you never know when things happen if if opportunity shows up and you're not doing the work then you don't get the opportunity but If you're doing the work, you don't know when opportunity will show up. So make sure that you consistently, that you continually do that. And here's what happens, life is gonna challenge you. Life is gonna test you. Life is gonna see if you really want this opportunity or not. So continue to do the work. Continue to seek opportunity. Continue to show up. And don't forget, as life tests you, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story. And your story, yeah, your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace. What's my story?